जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जनावला जय गिरिवरधारी जय गिरिवरधारी जय जय जशोदानंदन जय ब्रज जनरन जन जय जमुना तीरवन चारी जय कुंज जय राधा माधव कुंज
जय राधा माधवा जय कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव जय कुंज All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories to Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. So please repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmei Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupaha Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vancha kalpa trubhascha kripasandubhya evacha pratitanam pavanebhya vaishnavebhya namo namaha nama om vishnupadaya krishna prishthaya bhutale shrimate bhakti vedanta swaminiti namine namaste sarasvati devi goravani pracharine nirvisheshishanivadi paschat deshatarine jaya sri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasadi Gora Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jai, Shrimad Bhagavad Gita, Tharupa Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Nithai Gaur Pramanandi, Hare Hare. So, Srila Prabhupada, when he did the translation for this Bhagavad Gita, this Bhagavad Gita is one of the more than thousand translations of Bhagavad Gita's that are out there uh, in the world. But this is the one Bhagavad Gita that actually is 
the most proliferated, meaning the most accepted, the most read Bhagavad Gita. Um, in fact, if we add up all the other Bhagavad Gitas that are sold, it still doesn't equal just this one version, how many Bhagavad Gitas go out. And the reason is that when Prabhupada decided to translate one more version of the Bhagavad Gita, his purpose was he wanted us to hear directly from Krishna. So therefore he titled this Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Meaning, what did Krishna say? What did Krishna say to Arjuna? And how does that impact our lives? So this Bhagavad Gita is made up of 700 verses. Each of those verses is being sung either by Lord Krishna himself, most of them are, or by Arjuna, or by some of the other devotees who were there, like Sanjaya, Dhritarashtra, like that. There were some other persons who were there. And the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita is to allow us to understand how we can truly become happy in our lives. Because our soul is made of three items. Our soul is made of eternality, knowledge, and bliss. In Sanskrit, the three words that are used are sat, chit, and ananda. So the soul is comprised of sat, chit, and ananda. And so the ultimate purpose is ananda. Ananda means bliss, to be happy. And therefore, all of the Vedic scriptures, and Vedic scriptures are very, very um, elaborate. They're so elaborate that if we brought every book of the Vedic literature into this room and filled this room up with books, this room still would not be big enough to house all those books. That's how much information there is in the literature. Just to give you one example, one of the books is called the Srimad Bhagavatam. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is the conclusion of all the Vedas. It's, it's actually uh, condensing all of the Vedas into the most essential truths of the Vedas. What is the essence? And the original Srimad Bhagavatam had one billion verses. Can you imagine how book that would be? The one billion verses. This has 700 verses. This is one book, 700 verses. So you can imagine if this was one billion verses, how many books would it take like this to make one billion verses? Who's a good mathematician here? Well, into let's put it this way. Into 10,000, it would take 14 of these books. Into 100,000, it would take 140 of these books. Into a million, it would take... Uh, uh, what did I say? Uh, 1,440, 1,400 into a million... And so, into a billion, it would take 1,400,000, which means 1.4 million books like this, would make up the original Srimad Bhagavatam, and that's just the conclusion. As you know, the conclusion is a very small part of the full treatise. So you can imagine how big the Vedas are. It's just amazing how powerful the Vedas are, and how extensive they are. And there is no question on the planet that anybody can ask that are not answered in the Vedas. So why was the Bhagavad Gita written? Bhagavad Gita, by the way, was spoken by a person, and when it was put into writing, was spoken by a person whose name is Vyasadev. And it was written by another person whose name is Lord Ganesh. So it's a very powerful text. with only 700 verses in it. And as I said, the purpose of those 700 verses is to allow us to understand how can we become truly happy in life 
And there's a particular word that's used in scripture to describe happiness, and that word is shushukam. And uh, another word that's used in following that word is called suprecedity. Shushukam means that one should do things joyfully. When you do things joyfully, people become happy, they want to be with you. People don't want to be around people who are not joyful, who are, you know, grouchy or, you know, like that. They don't want to be around people like that, right? They want to be around people who are happy like that. And the idea is this happiness leads to something. What it leads to is complete happiness. Because even partial happiness is not good enough. Just like when you're hungry, and I hope you're all very hungry today, and by the time prashadam time comes, you'll go out and have some prashadam. When you're having prashadam, if you're just given a few items to eat, it's not satisfying. If you've given a very small quantity of a few items to eat, it's not satisfying. You want to eat until you feel that your belly is full. So you want complete satisfaction. In anything we want, we do, we want complete satisfaction. So the Bhagavad Gita tells us how that complete satisfaction happens. And amazingly, the formula is quite simple. But what complicates the formula are the people who present the formula. They like to add their little bit in to show how smart I am. I took a formula and made it better. And honestly, what they actually did was make it worse. Because who knows better how to deliver the formula than the Lord himself? No one knows better than the Lord himself, right? So in the Bhagavad Gita, this is why Prabhupada brought out one more version, because he wanted a version that did not have interpretations in it. That it would be, as Krishna said, according to what is called the Nirukti. Now the Nirukti is a particular type of dictionary that exists on this planet that is considered the most authentic of all dictionaries when it comes to translating from Sanskrit to other languages particularly English, Hindi, languages like that. So based on the Nirukti, when you translate what what Lord Krishna said, and then where there is some doubt because of the fact that sometimes when Krishna is speaking, not sometimes, often when Krishna is speaking, he is speaking in a language called Parakshavad, which means from the same words you can draw a number of meanings. You see, because each of us has a different nature. So he wants to reach out to all the natures. So in one set of words, he reaches out to everybody. So you can imagine, it's a complex language. So to explain that, the Acharyas, those who actually have understood the Bhagavad Gita properly, and have achieved supersidity, means full satisfaction, can actually explain how to do it. Just like in our lives, If we want to become successful, one of the fastest ways to become successful is to learn from somebody who has already succeeded in doing whatever you wanted to do. If you want to become a doctor, learn from somebody who is a successful doctor, then that person can show you how to become a successful doctor as well, like that. So, in the Bhagavad Gita, in these 700 verses, Krishna is explaining to Arjuna, Arjuna is faced with a, a great difficulty. His difficulty is, A war is about to ensue. And this is not any ordinary war. In this war, there are 640 million soldiers lined up on both sides of the battlefield. Now, you won't have, nobody can have an idea what that means. Because the largest of all wars that we know recently was World War. What? World War II, right? It had more soldiers in, how many soldiers did World War II have in it? On both sides of the battlefield? Anybody know? It was under 100,000. 
This is 640 million. Not only that, in our world wars, who was at war with one another? People from, people from this world, right? From this planet. It was earth people from different countries fighting with one another. You get the idea? In this war, Battle of Kurukshetra, it was people from other galaxies who were here to fight the war. It was an intergalactic war that happened on this planet. Try to understand, there's a scope is big difference. The type of weapons that are going to be used is very different. How many people are going to die is massive. Massive numbers of people are going to die. Arjuna doesn't want that to happen. He's a a nice person, very nice person. He's a devotee, and devotees are supposed to be nicer than you know normal persons. So he's a very compassionate person. He doesn't want anyone to die. And he's thinking, why should we be fighting anyway? What are we fighting all about? What is this big war about? Basically what had happened was, somebody had taken over a kingdom in a way that was not right, and the kingdom had to be handed back to the rightful heir, but the previous person wouldn't give it up. So then a negotiation took place where the rightful heirs to the throne asked for only five villages uh, uh, in place of the whole planet. So imagine, you know, you negotiate to the point and say, just give us five villages, you can have the rest of the planet. And the wrongful heir to the throne said, no, I'm not even going to give you that much space on which a point of a needle can sit. Uh, you know, you can imagine how much space the point of a needle will take, right? He wasn't even ready to give up that much. So then the only way to correct the situation was to have a, a war. So this was a huge problem. We do have problems in our lives. Every one of us has problems in our lives. But our problems cannot be compared to this problem. This was a massive problem. 640 million problems multiplied because when two people come together, their problems multiply not just by two, right? They multiply by a larger number than two. You see what I'm saying? There's an exponential growth. Put 640 million people together and make an exponential growth of that number and you will understand that there can be a, can't be a, there cannot be a problem bigger than this that Arjuna was faced with. So, Krishna wanted to solve that problem. He wanted to solve the problem. And he spoke the Bhagavad Gita. In speaking the Bhagavad Gita, what are the essential things he said? One of the essential things that he said was that I am the seed-giving father of all living entities. Means that the original father of all living entities is Krishna. He is the original supreme personality of Godhead. Now he manifests himself in different forms and in different ways. Well, all God, but actually play a particular function. But in Krishna's case, he plays the complete function of what God is. And he, he describes each and every one of us, nay, not just each and every one of us, but every living entity, because on this uh, floor right now, there are many bugs on that floor, right? You don't see them. You saw them, we'd probably all run out of the temple and say, oh, lots of bugs here. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't see them. And a lot of them are good bugs, by the way. I think the ones in this temple are all good bugs, so don't worry about it. <laughs> They're all devotees. (laughs) So anyway, but for each living entity, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. He is the father of every living entity. And he wants, just like those of us who are fathers here, or those of us who are mothers here, grandfathers, grandmothers like that, we want our children to be happy. It's natural for a parent to want that their children will be the happiest children in the world. You understand? You get the point? Krishna is a perfect father. We're not perfect fathers. None of us can say, I am the perfect father. 
I can take care of all the problems of my children. Because if you could take care of all the children's, uh, pr- uh, all the problems of your children, you certainly can take care of all your own problems, right? <laughs> we find that sometimes our own problems are challenging. What to speak of somebody else's problems, right? So, in this situation, Krishna wanted to show that I'm speaking this Bhagavad Gita because I want you to be happy. And to be happy, what do you need to do? What, what should you do? The first thing he says is, try to understand, I am your eternal father. I am looking out for you. Don't ignore that aspect. Because a lot of us live our lives ignoring Krishna, ignoring God. We're thinking, I have to carry my own load. I have to take responsibility personally. Yes, you do, but not to the extent that you have to do everything. The Lord is very happy to help. He wants to give a helping hand. Again, for those of us who are parents, we know we take care of our children all the time. It's not like the children have to pull the load, right? That once the baby is born, the baby is tall. Well, now good luck. You can feed yourself. You can bathe yourself. You can, you know, wrap the nappy around yourself. You know? And you can go to school and study and figure out how you're going to pay your bills and everything. We don't do that, right? What happens? The parents take care of everything, actually. Everything until the child grows to a certain level when the child can become capable of taking care of himself or herself. So the same way Krishna wants us to grow. Whilst growing, he gives us many wonderful, wonderful support systems for us. And there are particularly five support systems that you should know. The first is that he gives us association of good people. Those good people are called sadhus. Any person who is an honest person, whose only interest is to see that others are happy, truly happy, and achieve the greatest potential of their life, is called a sadhu. So that's called satsanga, association of people in the mode of goodness. The second thing he gives us is knowledge. He actually says, because I love everyone, I come in two forms. I come internally as the super soul, Paramatma, and externally as the Bhagavad Gita. Earlier on, he also said he comes externally as the spiritual master. But not every one of us has a spiritual master. So at least you have the Bhagavad Gita. And that's why we give the Bhagavad Gita away. So now you have the Lord inside your heart. Now you also have the Lord outside your heart. So you have the Lord now. Because that's a very important part of our life. The third is that now that we have a relationship with the Lord, we should have some exchange with the Lord. Just like, you know, a child has some some exchange with the parent. It's not like there's a child and there's a parent and they're looking the other way and they don't know each other and nothing happens between them. No, a lot happens between a child and a parent. There's parenting going on. The children also reciprocate with the parents. A lot of things happen. So the reciprocation in this life happens in the form of chanting of the holy names of the Lord. And you see on the board here, the holy names of the Lord. Starting with one mantra on the top, the one at the bottom. The one at the bottom says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Essentially what it means is, O energy of the Lord, because we need energy in our lives. O all attractive Lord, the power of attraction makes everything happen. O reservoir of all pleasure, because pleasure is what everybody is seeking. Kindly engage me in your service. And you remember what I said about service? Service is expression of love. Kindly engage me in your love. Because when you have love of God, you can have love of everything else perfectly. Like that. So that's the third thing. The fourth is, I defined it into five things. I call these A, B, C, D, E. A stands for association, B for the books, C for chanting, and the D stands for five things. 
The first is the deities themselves. The Lord appears in this form only to tell us, I'm here. Please, you can talk to me. You can ask me things. You can, whatever you'd like, you can deal with me personally. I'm here personally for you. He's a person and wants to deal with us personally. That's one of the deeds. The second is that there should be some discipline in our lives. We're human beings now. Human beings don't act like animals. We have some discipline. We wake up at certain times, take rest at certain times, eat certain types of food. We do certain things in our life. Discipline allows us to increase our capacity to do greater things. The third D stands for devotion. Now that we've come to know about Krishna, we've come to know about God, we can love Him. That's called devotion. And love His people. That's called devotion. The fourth D stands for dancing. You might have noticed when you're doing kirtan, some people were dancing. We should always dance in kirtan. We should be happy. Happy people dance. Dance in front of the Lord. If you dance in front of the Lord, the Lord feels so he's happy. If he's happy, he should come back home. Because he likes being home. Because in the home, only three things are happening. Happening. Chanting, feasting, and dancing. In the spiritual world, everybody is dancing all the time, feasting all the time, and singing all the time. They're enjoying themselves all the time. It's always a party. It's a 24-7 party. So start practicing here, the 24-7 party, so you can feel like I love parties. There's no reason not to love parties, right? So that's the fourth D. And the fifth D is the diet. Eat something that is of value to you, real value to it. We call it prashadam because we offer it to the Lord and everybody eats and you become happy eating. And I can tell you without any doubt, this is my 38th year in the movement, that the most number of people who like Hare Krishna like it because of the food. We're actually known as the kitchen religion. In fact, at this temple, there are four kitchens. We have a kitchen for the Lord. We have a kitchen for the restaurant. We have a kitchen for all of us when you come here and have these big programs. And we have one more kitchen for the devotees who come and visit with us because they may want some special food and a special diet. Four kitchens. The kitchens start bright and early at 3 o'clock in the morning and finish around 10 o'clock at night. We're cooking all the time. So this last D is a very important D. In fact, Prabhupada said, you can eat your way back to Godhead. That's how powerful this prashadam is. So please enjoy the prashadam. That's the D. And then the E stands for encourage others. Because if you encourage others, the teacher is the best student. If you encourage others to do these four things, and encourage them also to encourage yet others to do those four things, to encourage them to show encouragement to others, then what happens is the teacher becomes the best student, and everybody comes to know this. So this is the formula given in the Bhagavad Gita. And these formulas that are written in the Bhagavad Gita, even if you read one page, you will notice that day in your life will go a lot better than without reading the page. You can test it out. Read a page on one day, the next day don't read. Then don't read. Then randomly choose a day again and say, okay, this day I'm going to read it again. And you will see, I'd like to say two pages, but at least let's start with one, because most of us are very... Lazy people, I'm one of them. So a lazy person can call other people lazy, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. I criticize attorneys, I'm an attorney, so I can criticize attorneys. I don't criticize people, I'm not. Because I can't criticize white people, but I'm not white. You see what I'm saying? Like that. But So I'm criticizing those of us who are lazy, because I'm also lazy. All right, so because of that, let's at least take one page, read one page. But one page, and the way to do it is a very important technique. 
you read a page in the morning, during the day, try to think what you read in the morning, and you may remember nothing of what you read. But in the evening, come back and read the same page again before you go to bed. And just remind yourself how much you read. When you get into this practice of reading a page a day like that and repeating it during the day by trying to remember what you read during the day, it becomes a sandwich. You see what I'm saying? You're reading, reading, and everything in between becomes energized by your reading. And Krishna says, anybody who reads this Bhagavad Gita verily worships Krishna. He says, me means Krishna, not me. Krishna is saying that anybody who reads this book verily worships Krishna with his or her intelligence. Now it is our intelligence that will allow us to do the greatest things. Actually it's something more than that, the soul, but most of our souls are sleeping. So until the soul wakes up, at least the intelligence is up. So let's use the intelligence, you know what I'm saying? Be smart. But you worship by your intelligence. And when you worship by your intelligence, what happens is your intelligence becomes really great. You know? So, uh, in fact, and when I came to America, uh, it, you know, I heard a saying which said, learn more to earn more. You know, this, America is full of these nice, uh, wonderful zingers, you know, like earn, learn more to earn more and things like that, right? Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. But this one always works. And you don't have to believe it because this is an independent truth. This does not depend on any person, any time, any circumstance, any place. At all times, in all places, for all persons, under all circumstances, this truth will always, always work. That's why it's called the Supreme Absolute Truth. And this is the Supreme Absolute Truth in book form. So please, do get a copy if you haven't got your copy. Keep your own copy. You can say, it's my own Krishna, which is actually true. Here you see paintings of what's happening in the spiritual world. So these are windows to the spiritual world. And in the spiritual world, there is one Krishna for each and every one of us. The only thing is, you can only see your Krishna and you don't see the other person's Krishna. So everybody thinks, that Krishna is so kind to me, he's always with me, he always hangs around with me, you know, so you strut around like a peacock, you know. (laughs) Because you feel like Krishna is always with me. But Krishna does that for everybody, so everybody's strutting around like a peacock. You know, this is why you see a lot of peacocks in our program as well. You know, because they say that in terms of dance, the peacock is the master of dance. You know, like that. And so, uh, so, so this is the Bhagavad Gita, the 700 verses of the Bhagavad Gita. And if we take to this process, and when we take to this process, it works for every one of us. I would like you to do this saying to yourself, I don't believe this at all. This is all the biggest blank, whatever word you want to add there, I ever heard in my life. I'd like you to start from that, because that's exactly how I started. In fact, I was so much against this idea, I decided to sue the Hare Krishnas in my country to kick them out of the country. And plan B was, if I lost the lawsuit, we'll bomb the temple and kill the devotees. Now they have to go. I don't think you'll find another person on this planet who disagreed with this more than me. Okay? Then when I started reading it, miracles started happening. I think to myself, what? How can I be wrong? I'm never wrong. I'm always right. You know how people always say, you know, we say anything. I know. I know. Of course you know everything. That's why you got no problems. That's why you're such the happiest person on the planet, right? 
And what do people do? Outwardly, they show a lot of happiness, right? They show, I'm, I'm great, I'm happy. But internally, they know what's going on. <laughs> they know how much of a fraud they are in terms of the real happiness. We're not always happy. We do have problems in our lives. Here is the way to solve those problems. It's a simple process. And by the way, we're giving these books out free. There's no charge. So grab them while you got them because of nice devotees who have come here and said, we'd like to give these books out to anybody who doesn't have one. Okay? So please do take advantage of this. This is really a very, very valuable book. In fact, you will know after a period of time that aside from the Bhagavatam, which I just spoke about earlier, that this is the book that will solve all problems. The Bhagavatam elaborates what this book says in 700 verses. It says in 18,000 verses. It sort of tells a few stories too, because we are like story time people, right? We like hearing stories. You know? What's your story? What's my story? And we even call it history. Right? History. So, point is that this is, please do take this book. And if you have any questions, there are wonderful devotees who are sitting here. Uh, many wonderful devotees who can answer questions, ask them, get clarification. And so that any doubts are removed. And then become truly happy in your lives, no matter what you do. Some of us will become monks like I did. Some of us will become presidents of countries. Some of us will become, you know, lawyers and accountants and what have you out there, businessmen. Whatever it is, no matter what field you're in, we want you to be happy. You can do great in that field. Be happy. Come to know the Supreme Father and take advantage of his bounty because he owns the whole creation. There is nothing that does not belong to him. And therefore, there is nothing that does not belong to his children either. Thank you very much. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to ask if some of you have any questions, any points you'd like to raise. Hare Krishna. Yes. Oh, there's a mic right here. We'll give you a mic so that... What's happening is this is being broadcast pretty much all over the world. Uh, and uh, so when you speak on a mic, others can hear the question and hear what the answer was or what the discussion was about that question. Yeah, go ahead. Hare Krishna. Thank Hare you. Krishna. Do you have a favorite verse in the Bhagavad Gita? Do I have a favorite verse in the Bhagavad Gita? Hmm. I used to, but I'm no longer. I don't have a favorite verse. And there's so many nice verses in the Bhagavad Gita. I ask myself, why would I want this one to be my favorite verse? But there are some verses that are very favorite to some of our acharyas, and not because that's the only verse that they like in the Bhagavad Gita, it's because it's very instructive to us. And one particular verse like that is Vesatmika Buddhir Ekeha Kurunandana. Right? If you know that verse. What is that? Uh, anybody can tell me quickly what the chapter is and the verse number? 242? 242. Okay, let's just check it up. Okay, 242. So. Okay, here it is. It's not 42. It is 41. You're right. You're very close. 241. Vivasatyatmika buddhir ekeha kurnandana bahushaka yanantascha budeyo avyasadhyatam avyasatnam. So the translation is those who are on this path are resolute in purpose. And their aim is one, O beloved child of the Kurus, 
The intelligence of those who are irresolute is many branched. So basically, Prabhupada said that he, from this verse, he understood that we should become uh, focused on Krishna, one-pointed on Krishna. And if you do that, because Krishna is everything, then you will have everything as well. You know, like that. So there's another wonderful verse. The other nice verses, some people like chapter 18, text, uh, what is it, 60, uh, 66, 1866? Sarvadharman mami kam So there are other verses as well. Manmana bhava madbhakta madhyaji mam namaskuru. And there are some really wonderful verses here that people recite more often than other verses. But truly speaking, any one verse of the Bhagavad Gita can take us right back to Godhead. That's how powerful each of these verses are. Okay, any other points or questions? Yes, sir. So there's the there's a dilemma with my generation, the yes. Gen X. Gen X, okay. Born in India. Okay. Seven years old, right. came to America. Yes. I recall all the bhajans, all the artis, <clears throat> everything that my parents taught me. Right. But there's a disconnect because now my language is English. Your language is English. And they read the Gita to us in Sanskrit, and they can't interpret to us in a way that we can understand. Understand it, true. Yes. So I guess I have a twofold question. Sure. Luckily, I have my sister, who is a devotee. Okay. And well, she, you're a devotee too. She, well, I'm obvious, a devotee, but she's a greater devotee, and she, she teaches me. Nice. She's my guru now. Nice, nice. That's Most of us you. aren't as lucky. Thank you for your humility. It, absolutely, <laughs> it's the truth. So, do you guys offer like a, a Gita class? for people like us that want to understand, because reading it myself, I may not be able to interpret as well as you do. Yes. Right? Or as well as my sister does. Yes. And that's the dilemma. Right. I want to become a better Hindu. Right. I want to become a better devotee. Yes. But I need more guidance. Right. I need more structure. Right. So is there, are there classes? Yes. There are many classes that happen on the Bhagavad Gita. We have at the present time, how many Bhakti Rikshas do we have, Twelve? Eleven? Eleven Bhakti Rikshas. Most of these actually have programs going on every week. And a lot of these are actually based on the Bhagavad Gita. Some have moved on to Shrimad Bhagavatam, something like that. So we can actually send you the places where this is happening. There are multiple locations at which the Bhagavad Gita is discussed, uh, just as you described, by devotees who know it, speaking with devotees who are learning to know it, so that they can also speak to others who are learning to know it. You know that type of thing. So we can send you the uh, information. Anybody who wants that, the way to do that is actually to contact us through our website, which is called radhakalachanji.org, right? Radhakalachanji.org. And if there, there's an email section if you want to contact us, which says info at radhakalachanji.org. And if you put your information on that and say, I'd like to know where Bhagavad Gita is being spoken, or Shemad Bhagavatam is being spoken, or anything that you see happening around the temple, where can I be trained up to do this, do kirtan, to play mridanga, or anything that you see related to us, we'll give you the information where it's happening, and you can join in there. And uh, so that's one answer. And then second question. In the age of technology, in the age of technology, in the age of, I don't have any time. Yes. I'm very busy. My life is very busy. I can't even visit family, right? That's right. how we live today. That's true. Do you have online classes? We do. In fact, now you're talking about even more classes. Initially, I'm just telling you those that are happening in some locations in Dallas. There are online classes that are happening 
around the world in pretty much every language that you can think of uh, and multiple online classes going on. So if you'd like to do that, just type in on Google. If, do you use Google? Not everybody uses Google. So. Oh, Google's everybody's friend, I think. Sorry? Google's everybody's friend. Well, one-off. <laughs> I think a lot of people are changing out of Google now also. It's, the world's changing very fast. So anyway, I don't want to offend anybody if they're not on Google. That's why I said what I said. <laughs> I don't own Google. I have no interest in Google. So on Google, if you go on any of these sites, you go on and you type in ISKCON online Bhagavad Gita or ISKCON Bhagavad Gita online or Bhagavad Gita as it is online. Any of these types of things? A whole slew of them will come up. And some of them from the way free to you're paying quite a lot to study now. You see what I'm saying? So you can choose your comfort zone, you know, and think, okay, I'll start with this one, whatever. So yes, you can do that. And a lot of them are structured in such a way that you can go on and off the class at your own pace. Meaning that, say you did one week, and then the next week's class you didn't have time. That class is available uh, in the archive section for you to catch up at any time you want to catch up. You see what I'm saying? And some of them are live, live sessions. So you can actually even ask questions right there. Those that are not live, you can ask questions and they will send an answer back to you. So yes, we are quite tech-savvy ourselves now. And in fact, if I'm not wrong, there's already an app out there that is already dealing with this as well. So there's an app that you can go on and do the same thing. You see what I'm saying? And so, just Google the app. Yeah, just Google and he knows about the app. Someone's sitting right sitting in front of you knows the app. Okay, so there you go. So uh, I don't use technology as much because, again, like I say, I'm a lazy person. And I'm also a dumb person. So I've got two bad problems in my life. <laughs> so I'm not very good at technology. I'm not very good at working hard. I'm the lazy type of person. Somebody has to come and say it to me, and then I'll say, okay, I got it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. Um, yes, sir. Can you pass the mic on this side? Thanks. Here, here, bro. I'll pass it only like this. Put your hand up. Then. There you go. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Thank yes, you so Hare much Krishna. for the class. I have a quick question. Like, I heard, I read one can Prabhupada. Can you speak a little louder so others can hear? Yeah. Okay. I heard uh, Prabhupada's one quote, like, um, uh, if anybody wants to improve their pure bhakti, by using four regulative principles, they can achieve us gradually. You would like to add anything to improve bhakti? Oh, okay. What can bring about pure bhakti? Yeah. So pure bhakti means that you have pure love of Krishna. The okay? question is like how to improve the pure bhakti. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm just defining what it is first of all, so you know what pure bhakti means. Pure bhakti means to have pure love of Krishna. Bhakti means devotion. It means love Krishna. It's called devotional service. To love Krishna is bhakti. You see what I'm saying? So pure bhakti, how you develop that is, you remember the five things I spoke about? The five things you remember? I said association of devotees, two, the knowledge, three, the chanting, this, that, and the other, like that. I'd spoken about those. So Prabhupada says, this is what Prabhupada said, because you quoted Prabhupada, and I want to speak about what Prabhupada says. Prabhupada says 90% of your pure bhakti will come from the people you will associate with. So try to associate with people who have pure bhakti, and then you will get pure bhakti the fastest way possible. 
Because they will have many strategies and they'll know what your nature is and they'll fit it to your nature. You see what I'm saying? Because every one of us has a different nature. To fit it into that nature, if you fit it hand in glove, then it becomes very easy. You see what I'm saying? And the second thing he said was, 90% of your success will come by chanting this mantra. Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasti Gaur Bhaktivrinda and then Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So some bright person, some smart person, not me, somebody else, asked him, but you said it's 90% association, now you're saying it's 90% chanting. So which is it? He said, well, those who are associating are servants of the holy name. So these people who are chanting, and these people who are chanting, they become servants of the holy name. And they are the ones you want to associate with. So when you see a devotee who is very dedicated to chanting the holy names of the Lord in a pure way, then if you associate with that devotee, that devotee can explain to you how you can do the same thing. Then following the four regulated principles will allow you to become disciplined in your life. And that discipline will allow you to go deeper into your chanting. Because the more disciplined you become, the deeper you can go. Just like the longer you can hold your breath, the longer you can stay underwater, right? Now this is not staying underwater, by the way. You're not going to be underwater. No one's going to drown here. <laughs> what I'm saying is that your capacity to chant without uh, becoming dis, uh, disoriented, I mean, uh, what is the word that we use? Uh, sorry? Distracted, yeah. Inattentive, thank you. Yeah, distracted, inattentive. So so that you don't become inattentive, you stay attentive to chanting, and you stay focused. If your discipline is good, you'll be able to do that. Otherwise what happens is, the mind likes to, you know, oscillate everywhere, go everywhere. So as a result, what happens is, we don't tend to focus on the holy name in our chanting. So these are some of the processes. Now let me add some I want to add in. Okay? This is mine. The fastest way you'll ever become a devotee is if you serve other devotees. You serve other devotees. Krishna loves people who serve others. If you want to become faster a devotee, serve the non-devotees. Why? So that they can also serve Krishna. Not serve them for any other purpose, because there are plenty of people who are serving, but serve them so they can come to know Krishna, because they are very hard to serve. Because most of them won't believe what you say. They'll say, no, no, I don't believe it. Get a real job, man. What are you talking about? You know, they'll speak like that to you, right? When you're speaking to a person who's not into Krishna consciousness. So when you serve that person, serve means what? Expression of love. Giving them Krishna's love is an expression of love. You see what I'm saying? Then what will happen is, your Krishna consciousness will rise very fast. Therefore, Prabhupada said, preaching is the... What did he what? You remember? Yes, it's the essence. Essential oil. Why do you call it essential oil? It's the essence of whatever it is the essential oil of. If it's the essential oil of lavender, it's the essence of lavender. The essence of bhakti is to reach out to others and serve them so that they can become completely happy in their lives. That's the essence of everything. You see what I'm saying? All of these things tie in with one another, by the way. But... Here are some simple techniques. Now let me give you an even more simple technique than that. Well, some people think, I don't want to serve anybody else. I've got too many people problem. I don't want one more person to deal with in my life. So I say to them, come in front of the deity and say to Krishna, 
I am yours and you are mine. That's it. Krishna will say, oh, you said I am yours and you are mine. Then Krishna will pursue you. He'll run after you and catch you. Even if you want to run away, he won't be able to run away. He can run a lot faster than we can run. You know? So all you have to say to Krishna is, I am yours and you are mine. That point, from that point onwards, you're going to hit the mark at some point. Because Krishna will make sure that you're doing it. Because you said, I am yours and you are mine. I didn't say it, you said it, right? <laughs> so now Krishna will say, I'm going to hold you to that a little, you know. <laughs> but when he holds us to anything, it's with love. Always with love. Just like you see a mother sometimes holding a baby to herself. She's holding the baby with love. That's why the baby feels happy. When the baby is crying, what does the mother do? Hold the baby. Why? The baby feels love. So the baby feels happy. We like to be held by Krishna. But Krishna likes to be held by us. So we both can hold each other. It's a great program going on there. Everything else will fall into place. Don't get too carried away with the analysis. You know what I mean? Because in, in America there's another zinger. They call it analysis to paralysis. You know? Too much analysis can bring about paralysis. <laughs> so don't analyze to paralyze. Just be simple hearted. Love Krishna. Amazing things will happen. So these are some things that I mean. There are lots of things. I'm sure devotees have lots of nice answers they can give you, but these are some of them. Is that okay? Thank you so much. All right. Anybody else uh, have any point? We're running over a little in our time. All right. So what we're going to do now, what we're going to do, is there somebody here? No. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do some kirtan. We'll have one of our wonderful devotees lead kirtan. <coughs> devotees here. Leading kirtan for a while. Until Tulsi Puja starts, okay? And then, for those of you who have come as guests, um, for, uh, Mother Lalita, for her birthday, this is the time you can move out by six o'clock. The meal will start being served out in the, uh, uh, in the Prashadam Hall. Um, Mother Ishwari Radha is there. She can actually guide you all. Uh, of course you all know her as Neela. So Neela is there. And, uh, she'll guide you. And any first-timers want to go there, you can do that. The first-timers, the rest of you first-timers can stay, see the rest of the program. The meals will be available all the way till about 8 o'clock. So you got plenty of time on your hands, okay? So now we're going to do some kirtan. After that, we're doing Tulsi Puja. And then there'll be a, a service uh, on the altar, and we'll all be singing and dancing here until 7 o'clock. And then that's when most of us go out and take our meals. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Vanchakapa Turvischa Kripasandhubhya Evacha. Patitanam Pavanebhya, Vaishnavebhya, Namo Namaha, Anantakoti Vaishnava Brindaki, Jai. Jai.